Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League Podcast, sponsored as always by Workforce Dimensions, even when Workforce Dimensions Limited are not in the country and given up on non-league football this week, uh, as I understand from the tweets I've read uh, from Sam from Workforce Dimensions Limited. Uh, but we've fulfilled our contractual obligations there to mention Workforce Dimensions Limited as uh, a few times a show. We've done that in the first 20 seconds this week. Very happy with that. Uh, I, as always, am John Phipps. On the line now is a man who said to me this morning that he was Happy Matthew. And if you hate people who talk to them, refer to themselves in a third person, you won't be a big fan of Matthew Gerrard this morning. So how are you, Matt? Yeah, not to radio. Yeah, yeah, I'm not one of those people who third person. You, you sound like you can beat this out a cock if you do that. But uh, it was the thought. Uh, well, I was a happy one after. It's been a good few days uh, uh, on a Dover front, which is always pleasing. And apart from that, where has workforce workforce dimensions? Proud sponsor of the Kent Non-League podcast gone away too. He's gone somewhere in the Far East and he mentioned he was going to the Princess Club, which I think is somewhere where um, you have to be of a certain age uh, to, to visit, shall we say. <laughs> Frantically Googling Princess Club. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't do it on your work laptop, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, better not we'll move away from there then, uh, from that point of view. This is a family pod, even though I have sworn in the first minute of it, so there you go. Exactly. Um, yeah, I've got. I've just got absolutely drenched. I don't know what the weather's like in Broadstairs, uh, but in Eastbourne, it is absolutely throwing it down. And I literally had to walk from the car, or the cash and carry, to the car, which is probably, I was walking about 20 foot, 30 foot. I got absolutely soaked. More important in that sentence, cash and carry, isn't that the greatest place in the world? Because my... Parents and I used to run a guest house as well, so there is some sort of link between us. When we when they let me go to the cash and carry, it was like, oh, this is brilliant. So you can just buy loads of sweets and things really, really cheap. Do you? I know you're running a, 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 a business here, so do you buy a thousand bars of Wham bars and things for about five pence? No, I don't because I'm not really a big fan of that. And to be honest, a lot of stuff like that is not actually that great value because you know when you get your Booker's card other cash and carries are available you get really excited you know oh it's going to be some brilliant things i can get here oh it's going to be amazing it's going to be uh it's going to be so so great and um and i'm looking at it and i'm thinking oh yeah we're going there and they start just looking as like well that's cheaper in the supermarket that's cheaper in the supermarket so we only really but the, the what it's best for is bacon yogurt and like the little bits and pieces that you need for like the guests like so the little biscuits in the rooms that the little tea bags and, and stuff like that and, and like the yogurts and stuff like that but apart from that do you know what it's a bit of a johnny letdown these days i used to, I used to love when they sort of said oh you can have the bookers car and i was like let's go so i think they've been taken over by tesco's now bookers yeah they were at one stage yeah, yeah. so is there like the tesco stuff in there no it's not really no so i mean you still got all the happy shopper stuff is their main uh their main yeah, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like, and you see people it's funny because I'm in there sometimes and I see people spending like 1500 quid and I go in there I spend like 70 pound I'm like god I've spent so much money um but you know some people I've seen people spending so much money because they're buying lots of lots of stuff for their businesses that they need to sell whereas we're just doing the bits to sort of pretty it around do you know what I mean uh, often just to go once a month or something yeah I'm probably there Every 10 days, I'd say, because there's always bits and pieces. And sometimes it's just like I need a couple of things. Sometimes I need lots of things. So, you know, sometimes, like today, we went in there and needed, like, cereal and, and bacon and uh, coffee. And then I'll go in the next time and I'll probably just need to get, like, some baked beans or something. So, you know, uh, it's, so it's, it's not it's the, the uh, treasure trove that I, when I used to go there and buy loads of... Because I do know I've got a lot of my sweets. So, when I was there, that was a... Bit of a bonus. All oh, right, so a bit of a letdown now. So I know we haven't got a card, we can't go, but I still, every now and again, I drive past it and think, God, it's like bargains. In maybe there. next and time. You know I love a bargain as well. Maybe next time I'm in there, I'll have a look at the sweets and see if there's anything I can bring to you on a Monday night to put a little grin on your <laughs> yeah, face. That's, yeah, I, I love a midget gem, you know that. Yeah, and we'll talk about the football shortly, but uh, the Maidenhead playlist was banging again last night, was it? Uh, um, unbelievable. And um, Maidenhead, I hate that ground. It's sort of about the ground I don't like. I, and I say it every time. They could sell this for millions because right in the centre of town, there's loads of flats right next to the train station. Um, but the tunes are, are, it's just one after another. I can't remember any of them, but you know, one after another, you've got your foot tapping, etc., like that. So Maidenhead, they can never be, well, hopefully they will never be relegated from the National League, but Maidenhead can never be relegated. They should be promoted because their music selection is just unbelievable. The normal crap that we get at Dover, another swear word, sorry, 
it's just it's the same CD looping. <laughs> it's rubbish. So they need to get get basically Dover needs they, they, they don't need a, a striker. They need to sign the, the uh, public announcer at Maidenhead get his get his tunes in because get one a three year deal. Is that what you're saying? I, I'd, I'd basically get him. I'd go for it because the music. It's, every time I just got a smile on my face when I go there because the music is so good rather than the non-stop rubbish we get from there but so apart from that uh, it's, and also I had a bit of excitement you see I had a punch, slow puncher in my car which means I had to take my wife's car to Maidenhead which is a, a little Chevy 1.2 thing and it's a better drive than my car as well so better stereo and I thought maybe we, as we won as well maybe the future is to take my wife's car rather than my <laughs> battered old thing for there but it's you know it shakes a bit over 80 not that I'd recommend you go over 80 but well, the speed limit is 70 Matthew so yeah so, yeah, shakes a bit. so how, do, how do you know how do you know that it shakes over 80 well, well I, I think it was it, maybe that was the wind because he did chuck it down quite a bit Talking of musical entertainment, obviously uh, you were at Maidenhead last night being entertained by the music before the football started. Um, we went to a place in Eastbourne uh, that we've just recently discovered. It's called the Printer's Playhouse. Um, and they have like various things in there. We've been in there three or four times in the last few weeks and we were in there at the weekend. They had like a musician on. He was very good. Last night was the ukulele army and there was about 25, 30 people all with their ukuleles and they were just playing along to these songs. Do you know what? It was absolutely brilliant. So, did they, when I'm cleaning windows, did they do that? Uh, no, they didn't. They played like a lot of, uh, they played a lot of like modern songs. It was really good, actually. It was, it no, was just... no Sheeran. Probably Sheeran. No, it's I don't everywhere. think there was any Sheeran. There was they played Hallelujah. Um, that's one I can remember. They played. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they played. Honestly, they played so many good songs. It was such real feel good stuff. And it was oh, they sung um, something by uh, Mumford and Sons, the one with the swear word in the chorus. And I was going, they're not going to swear. They're not going to swear. They did. They played. Oh, is, that, is that the Tiger one? Is that the Tiger one? Uh, Lion. Lion, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then they yeah. played um, Creep by Radiohead, and I was like, oh, they're going to do the rude version. They did. They weren't afraid of the old Effin and Jeff oh, in the oh, ukulele army. My favourite songs, Creep. Well, sad song. Um, when I was at university, do you, do you remember the... Um, uh, used to, Bob Hoskins used to do the... They did that call minder thing, so you could have that call when people ring, rather than have uh, um, like an answer phone. Yeah, university. yeah. I recorded that down, so please leave a message on the phone because you're so... Special. Nice. I thought it was the hilarious thing of all time, but everybody thought it was rubbish. But that's just, but I do love that song. Great song, Radiohead Creep. So, oh, music. Maybe we should turn into a music podcast. Yeah, we should I've do. Been listening, I've been listening to Oasis as again. Well, went up the loft, took their my CDs down there, so I've been listening to them. Put them in with the kids in the car, and they just don't like it, Dad. So that's it, really. So I somehow need to change them to get into that. They'd rather listen to. Oh, FM and bloody cheering all the time. Well, there you go. Uh, it's our 93rd episode this week, uh, and uh, there's some horrific-looking music with with 93 in the titles, but I found out that um, it is a uh, a cake number. Uh, cake 93. number? Yeah, and trust me, it's not as exciting as I thought. Um, like a square number? Similar to that, yeah. So uh, it is... The maximum number of regions into which a three-dimensional cube can be partitioned by exactly n planes. It's so cool because one may imagine each partition of the cube by a plane as a slice made by a knife through a cube-shaped cake. That sounds like a question for the 11 plus, mate, to be honest, which I'd fail miserably at these things. So. That's the sort of thing you do in A-level maths, that, I don't, uh, as far as Advanced, I'm concerned. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's also a lucky number as well, apparently, but that's not. In, it's about that's about sieves, which, I, I mean, I'm just out of my depth here, to be honest with you. Um, it's absolutely... Um, can we go back to discussing the Princess Club? Uh, if you want to, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> Was that going to be off air? Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know, uh, but yes. <laughs> Uh, perhaps we'll uh, we'll save that one for another day, Matt. We'll have that conversation yeah. maybe. Well, we, we, we haven't done the TV chat for a while, even though, so we need to do that next week probably. Yes, yeah. yeah, we do. Um, yeah, we, we will do Any that. Any recommendations, please drop us a text. Uh, drop us a tweet, even. Well, to text him. His number is oh, set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> uh, 
Um, no, I wouldn't do that. Anyway, we're going to move on to the football uh, and uh, busy week. We've got three interviews for you this week, uh, but we're going to start with a bit of, um, well, we've been talking about maths, so let's do some more maths, Matt Gerard. I've got two here, uh, I've got another two, and I'm going to try and make four, um, because in the last uh, half an hour or so, uh, Scott Lindsay, the assistant manager of Forest Green Rovers, uh, has left Forest Green Rovers, uh, and he has said, now it's time for me to be with my family in Kent. Um, I'd like to thank, and the chairman says, we wish him all the very best in his next role. Now, uh, that's two. The other two I'm going to come up with is there's a very available job in the Dartford region. Uh, so I'm going to put two and two together. My four is that pretty soon Scott Lindsay may be the next Dartford manager. Do you want to uh, get, get involved in that one? Do you want to get, get on it with me? Um, I think it could be. I know he's uh, I, he was on sort of sabbatical from Fire Street. I think uh, there was family issues down there. And we know that he applied for the Maidstone job. Um, before, and he was looking to get back into the area. Forest Green is a bit of a trek from from Kent as well. Um, highly respected coach, uh, been in the game a long time. Highly respected non-league player from Kent. So, I think it could be. I, I think he would have applied for the job. I think there's a, a five-man shortlist from what we gather from that from the Darfur job. He's on it. I'm, I'm absolutely ninety-nine percent certain of that. And maybe he would be the favourites to take that role. So. Um, He's looking to get back in. Uh, yeah, very respected coach. So uh, interesting one. But for the darts, it's going to going quite well under Tony Berman. So do they appoint a new manager quick or let Tony Berman carry on? It's interesting the, the dilemma they have. Well, I suppose because obviously the, the FA Cup, which is where we'll start this week's round, they had a good result on Saturday under Tony Berman, winning uh, down at Horsham, which was a tie, which I think we both felt was a bit of a, a potential banana skin Um for them, uh, as they were, uh, and they managed to overcome that with a 2 0 victory. They've got a, a winnable tie in the next round against a team who I still can't remember. Blackfield and Langley, is it? I've never yeah, heard of them, but yeah, apparently exactly. they're in the uh, the same level as, as Folkestone and Margate and, and Cray Wanderers, yeah. so they're obviously a half decent side. They're down in Southampton, and the FA Cup is such a priority at this stage of the season. It would be interesting to make that decision. Uh, at this time, when you have got you know, you've got another cup tie in, in 10 days' time. Would it be possibly unsettling the team if they did make an appointment now? So might they just sort of hang fire a little bit? Yeah, I think, um, and, uh, and the Blackfield and Langley one, I, I presume when you said that they were going to be, I should have really looked at the non-league paper a bit better, but I presume they'll be scaffold level because I've never, ever heard of them. So when I saw they're quite a decent level as well, I thought maybe that is a potential, but asking, does a new manager want to go in there? If they come unstuck in that, doesn't look good on his first game. So, interesting decisions to make for Darfur. We know they have, um, you know, shortlisted five. I presume they've got to make a decision later because, you know, people don't want to be hanging around for that sort of thing. But, interesting times ahead. What would you do? I think you get a new manager in quick, even though Tony Berman seems to be doing a good job. Yeah, exactly. I would agree. I, I think that they, uh, that you've got to sort of, Get on, get just get on with it, really, because like you say, Tony Berman is doing a great job. He and he, but he's going to be there to help the new manager in anyway. So you make the decision and, and you kind of just get on with it. Um, you know, I, I think that there's no point hanging about if they, if they've identified who they want the person to be, then they've just got to make the appointment. Yeah, and then get, hit the ground running. So yeah, we'll, we'll wait to see. We, I think all our uh, um, predictions of people who come in managers, we thought we haven't come off yet, but. I would say there's probably more than 50% chance and maybe Scott Lindsay will be the next staff for manager. Exactly. Uh, well, we'll continue talking about the FA Cup. I've just looked up a bit of Blackfield and Langley. They've had a bit of a rise, actually. They uh, they won the uh, Wessex League, I think, Premier Division uh, in 2012-13, but didn't apply for promotion due to the cost of upgrading their stadium. Uh, however, they then won the league again in 2017-18, um, and then got promoted to the Division One South of the Southern League, which they then went straight through and won that. So then that's, that's how they've uh, kind of come up on the radar for, for, from nothing, I suppose, um, to come in and, and be a, a, a threat. I think they will be a danger. They, they were beaten by Harrow Borough uh, last night. They're in a village, so they're a village team, and, and it would be a great scoop, a great scalp for them uh, to, to beat Dartford. So, uh, you know, Dartford will be sure confident. They've never gone this far in the FA Cup before. So they have got to the fourth qualifying round. In, uh, okay. in, oh, well, good knowledge, John. In 2012-13. Yeah, I'm so on top of it that I'm really not just reading Wikipedia. Uh, uh, their record uh, attendance yeah, is only 240. So, um, 
They've got quite a bit of. Uh, yeah, we're beating the gap, but they I'm sure Darford will, will beat. You know, will beat that. Yeah, potential bananas. Can we look at that this week? They must have some old legend playing for them. Do you know? I was, I, I was trying to find that and try and find someone who is just going to be, a, a, you know, an absolute legend. They're currently sixth in the in the league yeah. table that I've got in front of me. Uh, four wins and, and two defeats, but they've only played six games. I guess they probably started the FA Cup in the extra prelim as well, having just been promoted. So yeah, yeah. they've had quite a run this season, Blackfield and Langley. So uh, yeah, that will be a tough tie. Elsewhere in the FA Cup uh, on Saturday, it was a it was a step too far for Ramsgate as they were beaten at Hadley and knocked out. Uh, also, a big defeat for folks in Victor in their tie at Kings Langley, an upset as well. Um, heavy defeat for them, uh, which was very disappointing. Yeah, but- Kings Langley got rid of the manager on the Thursday, so. You know, that was a big shock. I thought I fancied folks to go there and get a result, but 4 0 was an absolute tonking. And I feel for Neil Cugley, we mentioned it before, he fancied an FA Cup run, you know, coming to maybe to the end of his career. You know, FA Cup hasn't really been that kind for him at Folkestone. So, yeah, a real shock of that one. They need to move on from that and fast. Exactly. Um, and then, but we did have some uh, some obviously positive results as uh, on Sunday, Cray Wanderers were uh, big winners over uh, Somtown Rangers, a hat trick. Uh, for Joe Taylor, which was uh, which was nice for him. Their reward is a trip to Harringay Borough, who are there in the same league as. So that's going to be an interesting uh, interesting time. There was a, a massive win for Welling on Saturday as well as they overcame uh, Chipsy by seven goals to nil to put their place in in the hat, uh, which was a very good result for them. And there was also a victory for Mason. They made it through with a four-one win over Chesant at home. Uh, that all. That almost brings all of our teams in. Uh, the, in the next round, Welling United are at home to Tavistock, a team at the same level of the Scaffold from the Western League Premier Division. Uh, we'll mentioned Cray Wanderers are away to Haringey Borough. Maidstone got home ties well against Hitchin Town, who are from the Southern uh, League Premier Division Central, so the same level as Blackfield and Langley. And that just leaves us with Margate, who were at home to Concord Rangers from the uh, National League South on Saturday. And they were 3-1 winners after an entertaining game. Uh, and after that game, uh, my good friend Matt Gerrard spoke to stri- striker Elliot Reeves. Yeah, brilliant result. Uh, it's all you want, really, just to be in the hat. And yeah, we, all the lads fought well. And... Um, yeah, great result. It's a bright start to the game. They scored after two minutes, but you were back in front after seven. Yeah, I know. I thought when they when they scored, I thought, oh, here we go. We're going to be under the cosh here because they're a division above. And I thought, you know, it's going to be a long 90 minutes. But we quickly got the equaliser. And then I think we just went on from there. And the lads did brilliantly. Under the cosh, the, uh, they didn't take... They had plenty of chances in the first half, but didn't take them. Did that bring you confidence at half-time? Uh, yeah, definitely. Just going to uh, half-time, 2-1 up. You've got, you've got to be, yeah, yeah. You've got, to, you've got to, yeah, you've got to be in a positive mood. What your record as a player like in the FA Cup? Um, I, I couldn't tell you to be honest. I don't keep track of it in the FA Cup, but you know, it's been it's another win under my, under my record and under Margate's record, and I'm just happy to win. What about your your, your history? You, you, you've moved to the area, is that correct? Are you yeah. um, you were playing for Ilkeston last year, and you scored yeah. quite a few goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, came down here for work, and. Uh, Gave Jay Saunders a call and he told me to come along and I, I think I've fitted in nicely. I'm getting along well with the lads and I'm enjoying my football. So what, 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 what work do you do? Uh, I work uh, down in Sandwich, so I'm living in Ramsgate, which is, you know, not far from Margate. So it's right. uh, You wanted to carry on your football because you were quite successful I at Ilkeston. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, it's part of, well, I've just graduated, so i just got a graduate job uh, down in Sandwich. Um, yeah. Have you been down this part of the world before? No, I've never been here before. <laughs> Sorted my rent, housing, everything. I hadn't even been here, so it was a bit like going into the deep, but, you know, it's turned out well. Uh, you've got your, your, your um, current job, but is football something you'd like to go full-time with in the future? Um, well, I think it's the dream of every lad in that dressing room there. Um, you know, even on a Monday, Monday through to a Friday, you're thinking about football on a Saturday, really. You live for the weekend. Um, so, yeah. Any personal aims while you at Margate this season? Um, well, I probably do have some personal ones, yeah, but I probably wouldn't want to make them public. And also, what do you think the standard of the league this level has been compared to up north? Because you've been playing the same standard. Yeah, I think I've fit, uh, fitted in well, yeah. And what's the standard up north compared to down south, would you say? Um, it's, it's pretty similar, to be honest, very similar. Uh, the accents change. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. But you fit. Are they getting pretty stick in the dressing room? Uh, no, not too much stick. Not too much. Oh, stick. we're quite nice down this yeah, part of the world, though. Everyone's quite nice down here. Yeah. Get to the first round of the FA Cup would be nice. Love that. Interesting 
chat with him. He's obviously uh, come down here. I think I probably can work out where he works and what he does for a living as well from what he said in there as well, Matt. But um, he, he he certainly seems like he's, he's very keen to progress at Margate. I thought he was a good player. Um, his movement was good. Margate were under the cosh. You know, for two minutes they went behind, got one in front. Um, he was involved with the golden button two one up. Um, then Concord will be absolutely kicking themselves out. They haven't been level. They've hit the post and crossbar, uh, missed an open goal, had uh, a goal disallowed all over Margate. Jason has got him in a half time, and I think he deserves a bit of credit for this because he took off Ramadan, the man who scored the goal, brought on Jack Richards. Jack Richards defensively is very, very good. Concord had plenty of the play. Didn't hurt Margate at all in the second half. Couldn't think of it any time that they actually tested the goalkeeper. Then Richards, who was a threat um, going forward as well, scored a lovely goal. Quick feet in the box, curled it in the corner and delighted. I was the police for Margate. The, the fans, they got good fans there. You know, the, what, the hardcore go every week, really get behind the side. Um, and they'll be absolutely delighted with that. And I'm sure Jay Saunders, will, it's, a, it's a scout for Margate. And going in the right direction if they can get some other players fit, because they've still got a number of players out. But going back to Reese, I, I thought he was a good player. Whatever level Wilkerson are, probably the same equivalent as Margate, scoring 30-odd goals. You could see that he had a bit of movement, a bit of quality, he could hold the ball up. Um, his link-up play was good. So, yeah, I think it's a good signing for, for Margate there. And I think he could go on and be a real threat for them. If he, for that. And he's, he's keen to learn. I think he's mentioned it there. Moved down to the area. I'd say he probably works at a big pharmaceutical company. That'd be but, my uh, guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, down that part of the world. So, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, a decent... He's uh, a player I'm going to look out for because I think he's got... He, he was, I don't know how old he is, but he looked pretty young when I was talking to him. So... I think he's got a future if he can carry that on. I think Margot got a real asset there. Yeah, I hope his bosses weren't listening when he said Monday to Friday all I think about is football, because that's not... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that job, though. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, and what about the rest of Margate? I mean, obviously, uh, I, I like Leighton. I know he's a, he's, he's, he's a useful striker as well. Richard's coming off the bench. That's a, a great sort of asset to have. But how's the rest of their team shaping up? And your mate Cadell Daniel was there as well. Yeah, Cadell Daniel, you know, he gets the, the, the fans off their feet. But again, his, his distribution does let him down in various things. They're a guy on loan from Welling, a new midfielder I quite like, to be strong, could run with the ball, passing, let him down at times. Yeah, final ball let Margate down at times. But defensively, they look solid. They had a guy on loan from Gillingham who looked um, at times, he, he was 18, making his debut and some rash challenges going in. But I think when they get the likes of Swift back defensively, they'll be a, a lot tighter at the back, Margate. The keeper um, looked good, could boot the ball topper as well on loan from Palace. His distribution was really good. So you can see what Jay Saunders is trying to, to get um, get in there and now just get that consistency. I that's three winners on the spin they've had. Yeah, but okay, will they be up there in the season? FA Cup's going to be priority for them now, but I'm sure uh, Jay Saunders will be pleased how it's going. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, their reward in the next round wasn't particularly kind, though, uh, as they will be on the road away to Salisbury, uh, which is going to be a, a, a tough time for them. Although they are at the same level, aren't they? They are uh, in the Southern League, League Premier Division South, the same league as um, as, as Blackfield and Langley. So th- th- it's the same level. Uh, and I guess Salisbury, we know they they were five years ago, they were in and around the National League. They haven't really come back as, as, as they might have done and, and are still at that level, even though they are managed by uh, Steve Claridge. Yeah, I thought they would have been, I think they were battling with Hereford when they were to get out of the division, whatever it was. It really worked out for them. I'm surprised they have not at least Conference South now. Claridge has been there a few years, but yeah, distance-wise, it's not great and it, it's a tough one as well. So, But, Margate, what have they got to lose? You know, nine times out of ten, people are going to think they're going to lose there, but sure Jay Saunders will have them more organised. Hopefully they can go down there and maybe cause an upset, but it's a tough one, I think, for them. Yeah, seventh place in the uh, Southern League, Premier League South, uh, are Salisbury at the moment with uh, 12 points as well, the same as Blackfield and Langley, uh, just below uh, the previously un- unknown uh, team from Southampton. We've mentioned them so many times now, John. They sound like a, a band of solicitors, Blackfield and Langley. Can I help you? Yeah, exactly. They, maybe they should sponsor us, just like Workforce Dimensions Limited. <laughs> well, we've given it up. Um... <laughs> publicity this week so we hopefully we'll get knocked out we don't have to mention them again well exactly uh, well, well we'll obviously talk about them next week before they play against Dartford in the true, FA Cup true, and probably true. the week after after they play Dartford in the FA Cup so it pretty much yeah. sounds like they're a fixture yeah. for the next three weeks of the Kent Only podcast take it to give me black for a laggy on the phone will you <laughs> that's what I would say if I was if I was thinking about football 
Exactly. Well, exactly, which you are apparently. Back to league action for our Isthmian League Premier Division tight seeds sides this weekend. That's easy for me to say. Uh, Folks and Victor are away at Wingate and Finchley. They'll be hoping to pick up a result there to bounce back uh, from their disappointment Saturday. Margate are on the road at Carshalton uh, and. Uh, Cray Wanderers are at home to East Thurrock United. Have I ever told you, Matt, about the time I technically covered games at Carshalton and Sutton on the same day? I haven't. Sounds like a riveting story. Well, yeah, so I, it was when I was working at the Thanet Gazette, um, and I went, to, it was Carshalton against Ramsgate, and Margate against, or Margate away to Sutton on the same day. And those grounds are very close. And I thought, well, I'll save myself some hassle of, um, you know, of phoning up people on Monday. So I went to the Carshorton game, watched it. I think it finished four or five two. Uh, and Ian Pullman, whose birthday was yesterday, so happy birthday, uh, Ian Pullman for yesterday. Almost Super scored. Beach Walker's birthday yesterday as well. Was it? Oh, good day for footballers. Yeah, and my nephews. So there you go. Happy birthday to all three of them. Yeah. Um, one and of them got a Dover shirt for their birthday. Which one? Pullman. Um, good idea, yeah. <laughs> Pullman nearly scored the greatest goal I've ever seen. But uh, unfortunately for him, it was saved. And someone, I think it was Kane Rowland, scored the rebound. So did that game, got some reaction. And then literally got straight in the car, drove over to Sutton, parked up and then got some reaction from Nicky Ball and, and Danny Green. It was like, well, I haven't seen the game, so tell me about it. But I, I, that is that that is going to length to do my job. That is, de- that is dedication, mate. Did you get respect from your work colleagues? No, I've never got any respect from did, that lot. Horrible did you put any expenses in two games? Uh, yeah, no, I put expenses in for the petrol between the two, though. I don't yeah, think true. any of those actually listen, unless Incasol's listening. So, hello, Sam, if you're listening. He's too big for us, mate. Oh, well, no, he sometimes <laughs> listens. He always likes it when we mention him. So, hello, Samuel Incasol, we, we, we miss you deeply. Um, <laughs> is love for uh, West Ham is nearly as much as your love for Chelsea? I don't think so, mate. I don't think I can get even close to him uh, in, no. in terms of that. Uh, so, as well as those games on Saturday, there are also fixtures on Tuesday night in the... Uh, Bet Victor League Premier Division. Uh, Margate are away to East Thurrock, so a a Kent double for them this week. Uh, Folks that are on the road again, they're at Hornchurch. And then on Wednesday night, it's another uh, Kent versus Essex game as Cray Wanderers are at home to Bowers and Pitsy. Move on then to the Isthmian League South East, where for one of the first times ever, a a football manager texted me on Saturday evening to inform me of their league position. I, I was quite aware of the uh, of the standings in the uh, Bet Victor League Southeast. Um, but top of the table after seven games, 16 points are Seven Oaks Town. Uh, the manager in question was one Mickey Collins and uh, I caught up with him this morning to have a conversation about where they are in the table. So here we are then Mickey, it's September the 25th and Seven Oaks Town are top of the league. You must be overjoyed. Yeah, it's a days but it's um great start to the season and uh, yeah really pleased with it so i've um, just got to keep it going now so we're up there to be knocked off you had a, a couple of decent results in the cup as well so it's all told it's been a really good start it's been excellent and the boys have been brilliant they've bought into what we wanted to do and and they've gone out there and delivered so far and it's, it's very early days but last week was a great week for the club to go and win saturday tuesday saturday and and then you know we finished the highest at the end of the week that we've ever achieved as a club since 1883 you know and it might be short-lived but we you know we put it up there so it's um yeah it's brilliant everyone at the club's buzzing and um, everyone's happy as i say we just got to maintain it now so so what's been the the, the strength and i suppose what's different from last season obviously you're not conceding many goals we, but we didn't last year, to be fair, and I thought we got that side of it right, even all the way through. We had a couple of games where we were a bit poor, but we never let many goals in, but we just never scored enough. Um, and this year we changed it and we brought some personnel in and changed how we were doing things. And, and we, we've scored more goals and that's it. And I think the last four games, I think we've scored 11 goals in the league, which says it all. Um, and then you've got a chance. And as long as you're not conceding too many, it's always um, wide open. And last week was the same thing, you know. They were quite good for Havisham, but they scored one. We get three. You know, that's football. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting season for, for a lot of our Kent clubs so far. And I guess if you were looking at the table, if you're looking two months ago, some of the teams were at the bottom you thought might have been at the top. Uh, and you say Favisham, I, I didn't think people thought they would do particularly well, but obviously they gave you a tough game. Yeah, very tough. I, I think the thing is with it is if you if you keep quite a solid squad together, and that's what we did. We did we did bring people in, but we didn't make household changes. So probably in total we brought five in in the areas that we knew we wanted to strengthen they're players that we targeted so you're aware of how you do it but if you make household changes for a summer that's very very difficult to bed it down and I think when I spoke with you and Matt on Radio Kent recently we said exactly that Um, you know what it's 
great. You can go out and sign loads and loads of players, but to bed that in and get it going quickly, that takes takes a lot of effort and um, everyone has to buy into it. It doesn't always work. I'm not, no, I'm not saying and it doesn't sometimes, but, you know, you just got to be a bit careful. We were mindful of that. And um, this year we've, we've bedded in early and, and it's been fine. And Carl De Silva got two of your goals on Saturday. We know about his pedigree and, and he's obviously enjoying his football at Seven Oaks. I think you've nailed it. That's spot on. I think he's, you know, he's realised now that he's, he's got to look at another career choice and he's doing that. He's got himself a job. He's coaching within the club of an evening for us, which is great. And he's got his mojo back and it looks like it. And he's just, his class shows at times. And, um, he, and do you know what? Johnny's he's a lovely kid. And that's the nice thing. You know, he's embraced it. And even though he's played the levels he has, he's there and he's given his best for the team and he wants to win. And it's fantastic to see. It's nice to see a player that, that, you know, gets that excitement back for playing football again, which is, is great. And funny enough, I went to see his former club last night, Bromley, and see them flying as well. It was brilliant for Kent football. So that was that was another good night. Yeah, it's, it's great to I mean, Kent football was in pretty good health so far this season, I'd say. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I genuinely think that Bromley are real tenders to be in the National, uh, Football League next year and then all of a sudden you know we've got two clubs in Kent in the Football League it's, that's incredible and it and it does filter down because everyone then aspires to it and people that want to go up levels and play a bit higher they've got them opportunities to do it so it's good and, it, and it's the same with us at Seven Oaks it's no different for the youth coming through to look, look up and think you know what we've got a, a competing side now at a decent level you know we're we go from there and you know what this journey's not finished so we'll, we'll wait and see what happens obviously the, I suppose you've got a difficult conundrum on Saturday because you haven't got a league game you've got a game in the uh, pretty unloved Velocity Trophy but with, <laughs> with the momentum that you've got is it a difficult decision to know whether to keep your strongest team and keep them going or maybe rest a few boys no it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to give, give people game time that, that's how it is and we approached it we were going to play on the Tuesday and, and brilliant effort by Phoenix to make, make it a Saturday so we don't lose a game so then the boys you know they're all involved with it um, but no we'll, we'll, we'll use it um, wisely to get people game time and in a competitive game um, I'm not saying it gives us a week off because you'll have five subs in it so everyone will play but um, you, you can use it properly and we will use it for that definitely and then I suppose it's, it's all just about trying, trying to keep this momentum and, and seeing where it goes because I guess there's no expectation on you to, to keep going at the top of the league but it's just a matter of, of let's just see what we can do and the more the longer it goes on the happier you'll be do you know what we, we, you know me and, and there's no pressure on us you know we're a new club to it and we're thankful that we're in that league and, and we've managed to get up and we're happy to be where we are and my remit this season was to stay up again and if we could finish higher than we did last season fantastic and the chairman rang me on Sunday morning and said, "You've given me a nosebleed. We need to we need to calm this down a little bit." So, you know what? We're all in a great place, but uh, we're not going to get carried away. We're just going to enjoy the moment for the minute, and we've got a free weekend this weekend to to go and let the lads go and express themselves, and um, we'll see where it goes. And yeah, we've got to maintain it as best we can. But you know what? If it doesn't, and we end up dropping down the table. Listen, as long as we don't go down, there's there's no expectation on us whatsoever. And I suppose it, it kind of shows about stability because you've been seven weeks for for a while now, and it took you a while to get out of the scaffold, and now you sort of found your feet at this level as well. Yeah, and do you know what? This is my sixth season, so and I've got another two to run. So you you look at it, and, and when I was at Erie from Belvedere, it took three years to get them out, um, and that was a, a no disrespect to seven weeks. It was a bigger club. And it had a better facility at the time, a part of your road. Um, so it was easier to attract players. And Seven Oaks was difficult. First two seasons, it was tough because people are looking going, well, hold on, you know, for five years, they've been bottom of the league. What are you going to do? And then all of a sudden, two years in, you started to, to get them up from eighth. Then we went fifth. Then all of a sudden, you're third, you win a cup. And then people are believing. And then you go and get them up on the full season. Um, and then the first year was a suck it and see in the in the um, Bostick. And you know what? We, we in the in the end, and you saw us earlier. We weren't great shakes then, but we coached it adequately at the end. Um, and now this season's another free hit. What can we do? Where can we go? And to not be under pressure always helps because them guys know they can go out every week, express themselves, and if we don't get the result, it's not the end of the world. They're doing everything right, aren't they? I mean, you've got Ashford a point behind with two games in hand, but Mickey Hot, Mickey Collins, he said they snapped your hand off to, to be where they are in the table at the moment. Yeah, it was quite um, refreshing what he said there. That basically, it's a free hit for them this season to do what they're, they're doing. Scoring goals has been good. And, you know, he doesn't know how long it's going to last, but they're enjoying it at the moment. Did he say in that interview that this is their highest ever league position? Yeah. Since they've been formed in 1883. Yeah, they, yeah, because they, they've never been at this level before. So 
to be top of this table is is absolutely phenomenal. And you know, it's it's a difficult one, Seven Oaks. And it was what I found really interesting there was you know, it's well known that Seven Oaks isn't particularly a football town. It's well known that Seven Oaks do struggle to get people through through the gates. And he said, you know, it was much hard, much easier at Irith when you had people, you know, it was a bit more of a draw for players. But the crowds are starting to come a little bit at Seven Oaks. And all the time they're top of the table, it's got to be a place people want to go on a Saturday, isn't it? Well, as I say, they're scoring goals. They've got good players down there. We see De Silva, who's at Bromley. Bromley made a big thing of it when they signed him. Um, what they could do, you know, game didn't, maybe didn't work at Bromley. He's come there scoring goals. They've brought some good players in. And I'm sure Mickey Collins, he played it down in that interview. He probably thinks there's no reason why we can't get in the playoffs here. We've, we're looking a solid outfit. We score goals. And what, what a fantastic achievement it is. As you said in that interview, John, I would have said Seven Oaks wouldn't be anywhere near the top, but it's the other side who are struggling and they've made the most of it as well as Ashford. Five games in five hundred Ashford must be the only team left in the country with a hundred percent record, I would have thought. But they've only played five games in October. They've probably not even played a league game this weekend, are they? Um I'm just gonna say one word to you, Matthew. Liverpool. Oh yeah, yeah. Well Ashford along with Liverpool <laughs> might be the only two teams in the country who've got a hundred percent record. But yeah, I, I think it's a really, really good thing. Mickey Collins is one of these managers, when you speak to him, you listen to what he says, and he's been in the game a long time now, and, and he's getting his rewards. So I'm sure he was absolutely delighted when he checked out the results on Saturday, seeing him top of the table, and good to see that one of the first thing he wanted to do was, was uh, text you to the <laughs> top of the table. Well, exactly. Um, no, but yeah, I, I always like speaking to Mickey Collins, and uh, you know, it was interesting there that he's, you know, he's, he's obviously very, he's so passionate, and to see. Seven doing well, and, and like I said in that interview there, and, and we talk about this with Steve McKim as well. Loyalty is is sometimes can be underrated in football, and I think you know you see with Seven Oaks they gave Mickey Collins time, and he and he eventually got a team to get him into this level, and now they've given him time again, and they're and they're looking at getting him, uh, and you know there is no reason why they can't continue this. Carl De Silva is a serious player, and you know it's interesting he said they you know he's, he's enjoying his football, and that's the key thing, and and. If the players are happy, then why can't these results continue? Uh, well, no reason why not. I don't th- think. Again, disappointing. No league games this weekend. Okay, there is the FA Trophy. Does some of these sides not come into this? Oh, don't competition? get it, 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 it seems it's. It seems. But I know because I saw Steve Watts tweeting out looking for a friendly. I don't know why they're not playing a velocity game or are they in the next round of the far? It's just. Okay. So they pick some teams and put them in the in the uh, in the trophy, basically. Uh, right. Oh, oh, seemingly this is a, a sort of arbitrary. Uh, it must be based on sort of league position last yeah. year because I look at some of the teams that are in it and they were teams that that didn't have a great season last year. Um, although Cray Valley, incidentally, I don't know they are not in the FA Trophy extra preliminary round, even though they've been promoted. Um, so it just seems to be but they've had problems because they've obviously made that more teams at this level of football. So I think there's been a knock-on effect from there that, that that has had kind of that's why they have to have this extra preliminary round. Um, and it was interesting saying to Mickey Collins there they're obviously playing in the Velocity Trophy. Um, you know, it's just kind of an opportunity to give players some uh, some some time on on the pitch ones who necessarily aren't playing. So um, it's, basically, it's a glorified friendly, isn't it? Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So we will run through um, those fixtures shortly in the in the trophy. Before that, we will look at uh, look back at the weekend in the. Uh, in that division in the southern in the Bostic oh god in the Bet Victor Southeast uh, where it was Burgess Hill three Whitstable Town two uh, Ashford were three on winners at East Grinstead Hythe Town got their first league win under Steve Watt two uh, 0 at Herne Bay four hundred and eleven was the attendance of that game which is very impressive uh, seven oaks three Faversham one Sittingbourne were beaten by a last minute goal for Guernsey uh, VCD drew nil nil with Hastings in a top of table crash Phoenix Sports were two one winners at Whitehawk. Uh, no games on Tuesday night. There were some in the um, the Velocity Trophy, which is a competition which, uh, you know, I, I, I've made it pretty clear I don't have a lot of love for. However, uh, Cityborne drew 4-4 with BCD and then won 5-4 on penalties. Uh, Ramsgate also won on penalties. Tom Winter scoring both of their goals, including a last-minute equaliser So uh, in their game against Faversham. So, uh, you know, at least if you were there, if you're one of the 106 people at Ramsgate or the 71 at Cityborne, at least you enjoyed yourselves. Um, but don't get me too involved in this competition. Uh, we're not even looking at the league tables in that, are we? <laughs> uh, do you know, I, I was trying to find them. They're not even on the um, Isthmian League website. Even they don't care about it. 
Um, but there you go. Uh, this weekend then, so as we say, a lot of teams are playing. They're either not playing or they're playing Velocity Trophy games. Uh, but there are some games in the FA Trophy Extra Preliminary Round. Uh, Chalfont St. Peter is the destination for Whitstable Town. Faversham are at home to Chertsey Town, uh, a team who we obviously seem to mention a lot as well. Uh, and the only other Kent team involved... So how come Chertsey are in the trophy after they won it and Cray Valley, who they beat, are not in the trophy? I've got no idea, mate. No idea at all. Uh, but the only other team involved... Well, the, uh, this just this will sum it up. The only other team involved from a Kent perspective is Ramsgate, who are home to Haywards Heath, who got in the playoffs last year. So how have they even decided which teams have had to go in this extra preliminary round? What if you do, you know, please send us on a postcard too. Yeah, no. If you know, just just put it in the bin, any bin. Oh, that's a line for me in between this. Um, but just please, I, I I'm just pulling my hair out with this. I haven't got a lot to pull out as well, so I can't really afford to uh, get carried away. But this is absolute nonsense. So, um, and the thing is with the FA Trophy, and I've mentioned this before, and I'll probably mention it at a later stage as well. For clubs at, the, at this level, it's an absolutely pointless competition because they're not going to win it. They're not going to get close to winning it. They're going to the, the best. The best that any Kent team can hope for in this competition is to play their local rivals and get a derby in that they might not have. So High Town might get Folkestone at some point. Um, D- Folkestone might get Dover. And if that's the best you can hope for, then what's the point of this competition? There's not, the prize money's naff. It's a bit of a waste of time as far as I'm concerned. I'm on my soapbox now, mate. I don't know if you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. You go for it, girlfriend. Yeah, you carry on. <laughs> girlfriend. Um, okay. Um, yeah, don't ever call me that again. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> we will move on now into the uh, the top of the table, where uh, or the top of the, uh, the pyramid, where we have a, a team at the very top of the table in Bromley who have continued their fantastic unbeaten start to the season. We said last week they'd be happy with four points from their games against uh, against Woking and Notts County this weekend. They got six of them. Two fantastic results. They brought in Sean McCluskey from Forest Green who scored the winner uh, on Saturday. Unbelievable. And, and it just keeps going and going and going. And, and Neil Smith, what a man. Uh, it's a magnificent achievement. Um Again, being top of the league after the third, the thing is, they're unbeaten in those 13 games. That is the thing. Four points clear at the top. I think the next two are tough. They've got Yeovil and they've got Barrow. The next two. Yeovil are on the form side of the division, 1-6 on the spin. Barrow, 1-4 on the spin. The next two are absolutely thing. But Neil, Neil Smith has got nothing to fear from there. Four points clear at the top of the table. The most open division in the in the. In the, I think in the history of the National League, there's no big teams in this division here. You've got a real, real opportunity here. A good start. They don't lose many matches. The community feel at the club is unbelievable. And I think which is locked down Neil Smith again there. I'm saying it. They're championship contenders. We'll, again, we'll get the, if we're still saying that at Christmas after they've played a doubleheader against Dover, they're top of the table. They're going to have to think about what they're going to do because they'll have to rip the pitch up. But that's another story down the line but I would say I don't know what odds they were at the start but they must have absolutely plummeted probably I think from this position they'll be gutted if they don't get in the playoffs well exactly and uh, Mickey Collins was obviously at that game uh, on Tuesday night against Woking and, and he was impressed there was a a Woking fan said, worst performance of the season, lost to an average team. Well, they can't be average because they're top of the table uh, and and they are there on merit. And uh, that game on Saturday, as you say, uh, down at Yeovil is, uh, is is very, very... It's gonna That's going to be probably their biggest test so far, I'd say, Matt. Yeah, I think it will be. It's a, it's a cracking game. Yeovil, oh, I thought, would not be doing as well as they are, but they seem to have got a role normally at this level that when they've had it before. They were never a championship club, what, four or five years ago, so... They've got the pedigree to go down there. That's a tough one for, for for Neil Smith. But if they go down there, pick up a point, we'll pick up three points. Everybody's going to even further say, yeah, these are the real deals. So good for that. Shane woke up one in four. And normally uh, they start slipping down the table now. So hopefully that may continue. Uh, elsewhere on Tuesday night, uh, having... One up at Hartlepool on Saturday uh, amidst some fairly disgusting scenes, which I think we covered at enough length on the radio show, uh, really. Dover Athletic went and won at Maidenhead as well uh, by two goals to one. And after that game, our roving reporter, he's been at Margate, he's been at Dover, he came to Tunbridge Wells. Matt Jarrell spoke to midfielder Michael Woods. 
Yeah, it's a tough place to come. Um, I think it's it's a bit of a travelator up that hill. Um, you you know. don't normally see it, but it is a slope down oh, there attacking. You, you feel it, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, lost the toss. Um, they've spun us around. Um, I thought first half, I thought we were much the better side. Um, I thought there was only really one one side going to go on and, and get the second goal after we'd got the first. Um, and then second half, I think we came out all right, 10, 15 minute spell, but then... They, you they, had to get that second yeah, goal, didn't you? We, we were chasing the second goal, like you said, we had to try and kill the game. Um, then after that, I think for about 65 minutes, I thought they probably had 10, 15 minute spell. Um, thankfully, we've got the goal, Nass with a bit of magic, um, you know, and that's what the squad's about. But, you know, we've, sometimes you, you, we've got to remember we are, you know, we're in the National League. Um, some some days you've, you've got to roll your sleeves up, you've got to stick, stick your head in where it hurts um, and just be hard to beat. Um, and I think we've got that about us so far I think we've showed that especially that's six wins out six, of seven nobody else got anywhere near that so. no six wins out of seven like you said on, on the road um, I think that shows a lot about the character of the boys especially you know losing the lead um, and then to come back um, you know I thought it was a, a decent solid all round away performance again I thought you came into the game the last 20 minutes when you were in, you went in front and your job was sort of mop it up in front of the centre halves yeah I think the gaffer said I think they've tweaked their system which was causing us a few problems of putting another man sort of off the big front two lumps and um, you know it was a handful at times um, he just, you know, pulled me over and said, "Look, I'm just going to sit you in front and just try and try and, you know, contain it a little bit." Um, Do you feel that's more of a natural position for you? I'll play anywhere, you know, wherever he wants me to play. Um, you know, I've played the other end. I'll, I'll, whatever he wants me to do, I'll do. You know, if, if we're winning games, you know, I'm I'm, I'm happy. Um, let the lads go and get the plaudits at the other end. You know, I'm happy as long as we're, we're winning games. Um, but like you said, I, I did think sort of the last five ten minutes we saw it out well. Um, didn't didn't have too much to do. Wargs at the end, just a few crosses from deep, and um, you know, we haven't achieved anything yet. We're not getting carried away, but um, you know, the lads are full of confidence. Everybody's going to say, you know, you got back-to-back home games now. It would be nice to turn some of these away performances, away wins at home. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, bar a couple, I think probably Torquay. Um, was the last game, Chorley. Um, I think performance levels weren't great. Um, but I think Woking was a good performance. We obviously had the man sent off early on. Um, but, you know, there's, there's still a belief. Um, you know, like I said, the, the, the boys are full of confidence and, um, you know, we'll be going there. You, you know the gaffer <laughs> as well as anyone. Do you try and you change your, you know, your weight routine? It's worked away from home. Do you try and change, do that at home? No, honestly, I think everyone sort of looks, you know, at minute details. I think it's, you know, it is really fine lines. Um, I think we've been unlucky with a few. We saw the goal back at Chorley. Is it, you know, is he half a yard offside? If that result goes the other way, then, you know, things are starting to look different already. But um, we're not panicking. It's still early on um, we've obviously got that confidence away from home and now we want to try and give the fans something to cheer about at home such an open league this year as well isn't it it's there for anyone um, you know there's a belief here um, said it from the start of the season I think the gaffers put a really good squad together um, there's a great spirit there and yeah you know a, a huge belief we're certainly not going to to any game fearing anyone I like that interview Matt and and uh, you know he's, he's, he's obviously very level-headed and, and how's he doing Michael Woods uh, uh, when I went to the Woking game a few people weren't quite so sure about him but he seems to be he's quite a versatile midfielder yeah I thought none of the day with midfielders apart from Cumberbatch maybe who scored a good goal yesterday who's got a bit of energy about them haven't really impressed me Woods has done more but it game when he's got the ball at his feet he hasn't utilised but yesterday when Dover went 2-1 in front they sat him or, or when it went to one or they sat him back in front of the back four and he mopped everything up and I thought he had an excellent final 20 minutes he was in the right place at the right time to do, do his job there and it was good to speak to him afterwards about that it was a good win for David it was a dogged performance I would say they were better side in the first half second I just felt they needed a second goal it didn't come and when Maidenhead goal scored with a beautiful free kick you think there's only side, one side going to go on and win this Fortunately, Lagoule scored an absolute cracker, beautiful curling goal, and Dover then saw it out. So I think, you know, it's all very nice going to these other places and winning, but Dover just being solid and, you know, getting the result by just being a little bit strength in the back and just forcing the result. I think Annie Hassel will be more pleased about that. And you can't grumble with the away record, six wins out of seven, but Woods is a key player. I think he's trusted by Andy Hassel. He's captain when Locko's injured, and other midfielders have been rested or moved around but I think you'll find Woods will play the majority of the season and I think he'll only get better as the season goes on you know, somebody of his pedigree it cost you know, a 16 year old he went for 5 million so he's definitely a player in there 
Yeah, um, FC Halifax Town at home in what I assume is a televised game, uh, 5:20 p.m. on uh, on Saturday for for the Whites. Uh, FC Halifax are second. They've they've lost three of their last four though, Matt, and a couple of players that that we know down in Kent. Yeah, our good friend Toby Shakespeare, who was on the podcast, actually um, texted him to see how he was getting on because he's got a couple of cracking goals at the weekend, and he said he settled in really well. He says he's been living in London all his life, and it's a slower paced life in Halifax, but. Joe Silva, he had injury problems at David. I always quite liked him when he was at Bromley. He's, a, he's got a good movement, and if he can score more goals, that'll be good. And Jamie Allen, I was disappointed David let Jamie Allen go. I know he wanted to move back up north, but he's a good player there. So, yeah, it's, it's a difficult one, but I think all Dover fans are concerned about now is just get a win in front at home, and even better if you can do it in front of the cameras. Also, the game is live on the radio, so if you want, if, if you have got BT Sport, you can always turn the television down and listen to me as well. Well, so best why, of both worlds. Why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, what what a what a time to be alive that you can uh, <laughs> listen to Matt Gerrard and watch what he's describing as well. Which are, sometimes they're two completely. Which could be a bad things. thing, really, if you don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Ebbsfleet United were were beaten well beaten by Barrow on uh, on Saturday. Um, Matt, one second. It's the Princess Club. Hello, Mum. Hi, I'm in a shopping centre. All right, I'll, I'll can I give you a call back in about ten minutes. If you want, yeah. All right, bye. Bye. Um, <laughs> bye, Mr. Stitch. Is that staying in? No, absolutely not. Ebbsfleet um, United <laughs> were beaten soundly by Barrow on Saturday, 3-0, but then they got their second win of the season, their first home win of the season on Saturday, as they beat, uh, on Tuesday night, sorry, as they beat Barnet by three goals to nil, which uh, is a great result, much needed for the fleet. Yeah, I... I was feeling a bit concerned for Gary Hill after they, if they'd lost that game to Barnet. Barnet only lost one game in their opening 10 and then they've lost two on the spin now, but seems a really good performance there. Miles Weston, who was good against Dover, very experienced player, seemed to run the show. And I think the good thing about the fleet, they scored first at home, which is important for them. And then they quickly got the second one and it goes from there. That brings them confidence off the bottom of the table. Still three side, three placed inside the drop zone. But when you think the other side's around and one above them is Wrexham and one below them is Chesterfield, you realise what a strange league this is. So, got to follow it up now. Um, but uh, you think about it, they're only, you know, a couple more wins in the middle of the table. So, you just got to make sure the consistency. I'm thinking maybe that result will save Gary Hill's job. So, he's got to make sure they don't go back down to the uh, the levels they've had previously. Like, are they at Barrow this week, Epstein? No, they played Barrow on Saturday. Oh, did so. They're up north somewhere, though, aren't they, I think? Uh, I think so. One second. Yeah, they're, they're, they're uh, Wrexham, who have had a bit of a stuttering oh, start, haven't they? That's a real relegation six-pointer. <laughs> I'm surprised again. I don't know. It's, what, quarter to two? Quarter to two on Wednesday. You speak to the, you go on the Wrexham forum, all the fans want Brian Hughes out, but Wrexham and Chesterfield in the relegation zone after a quarter of the season. I'm shocked. That's why this National League... Is the most opening years. They must be the only two teams you've ever played in an FA Cup quarter final tie against each other to be also in to have also been in the relegation zone of the national. That, yeah, that is that is a stat and half. That <laughs> one, yeah. yes, of course they were. Yeah, <laughs> they beat them one nil. I think, wasn't it? They did indeed. Then they played Middlesbrough in the semi final. Uh, anyway, uh, that's Well, we really we really got a hammer on now because uh, not only is my mum in in town and waiting for me, as she, she's just phoned me, um, but we haven't even talked about the scaffold yet, and it's minutes until the end of Matt Gerrard's uh, lunch hour so we better crack on uh, into the Southern Counties East League uh, where there's uh, been some really interesting games especially on Tuesday night I'm just going to borrow a post from the uh, the Scaffold News and Banter page in the uh, on Facebook uh, from Sheppey United fan Sean McCann uh, talking about their game at Deal Town on Tuesday night quote one of the maddest games I've ever seen uh, the only goal came in the fourth minute uh, from Jez Hammond it could easily have been 4-0 after, t- after 20 minutes it wasn't um, and in the second half Deal saw a lot more of the ball bit of pressure uh, the last 20-25 minutes right Deal got a penalty which was saved uh, and then Dan Bradshaw friend of the show uh, was uh, sent to the sin bin uh, the Sheppard United goalkeeper was then sent off uh, and they were down to nine men uh, and so outfield player Richie Hamill had to go and goal uh, and he kept a clean sheet uh, and it ended it ended 1-0 what a fantastic game of football that sounds like Matt Gutted he didn't get the goalkeeper didn't get sent because of that crazy situation where he had to go on the bench first wasn't it yeah, that was same. it from now Dan, I know what Dan Bradshaw did to get in the sin bin well, so, apparently uh, it was a bit we, of, we talked about sin bin much have we so 
Words exchanged uh, after uh, he was penalised for a foul. Uh, also on Tuesday night, it was... Beatrice... Does he get a green card for that? Do they get a different card? No, I don't Simbin think there's a card. That. I think they just get told to go to the sim bin, so... Go inside the corner! Yeah, basically, that's about the size <laughs> of it. Uh, elsewhere on Tuesday night, it was Beers had three, Corinthian three. Beers are certainly scoring some goals this season. Uh, Lords was one, Canterbury City one. Uh, result of the of the night though, Sh- Tunbridge Wells seven, K Sports nil. Uh, Tunbridge Wells continuing their good form, um, fourth in the table after seven games, two games in hand on leaders Chatham and only two points behind. Um, so they're looking pretty good. Another team is looking pretty good at Beckenham. Uh, they are joint level on points with Chatham Town at the top. Uh, they've only played, but they played two games fewer as well. Canterbury City are third. They've played 10 games, though, for their 17 points. Corinthians have played 11 for their 16. They are in fifth place. Uh, so interesting games there. Um, also on uh, Saturday, looking back at the fixtures, it was Canterbury City 2, Earth Town 1. Chatham Town in front of 556 supporters won El Chavico against Lordswood by four goals to nil. A hat-trick for friend of the show, Harry Harding. It was Deal Town 3, Crowbar Athletic nil. Uh, Beckenham Town with 3-2 winners at Greenwich Borough. Hollands and Blair 1, Fisher 0. K-Sports 1, Corinthian 1. Punjab 2, Irith and Belvedere 2. Sheppard United thumped AFC Croydon 6-0. And Tunbridge Wells 4, Beersted 4. As I said, goals are following Beersted around. 28 goals scored in their nine games so far. Uh, the 22 they've conceded probably won't uh, please their manager quite as much. Uh, in the Scaffold Division 1 as well, obviously, fixtures over the weekend. Croydon 3, Lidtown 2, FC Elmstead 4, Brydon Ropes 1, Forest Hill Park 1, Snodland 0, Kent Football United 1, Stansfeld 1, Meridian VP 0, Holmesdale 0, Rochester United 3, Sutton Athletic 0. Sutton Athletic seem to have gone a little bit off the boil after their FA Cup exploits. Rustall 2, Lewisham Borough 2, and SC Thamesmead 4, Kennington 3. Uh, and there was a game on Monday night as well in that league. Uh, Greenways 1, Rustall 2. Uh, so all that means that FC... Do Elmstead... they have a Simbin in that one as well? I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, so uh, FC Elmstead is still top of the table, five points clear from Rochester, who have a game in hand, and then Croydon have two points further back, uh, as are Lewisham Borough. Rustall played six, 11 points, and Kennington have played six. They've got 10 as well. So uh, all shaping up quite nicely in, in the scaffold. Let's just run through the fixtures uh, this weekend as well. I, I have a feeling that the Kent Senior Cup starts getting involved in all the Kent Senior Trophy starts getting involved. Uh, Yes, Hollands and Blair against Croydon and AFC Croydon against Punjab United in the Kent FA Senior Trophy on Saturday. Uh, I have a couple of questions about two, about both of those fixtures. Uh, the Premier Division uh, on Saturday, Beckenham against Beersted, Corinthian against Tunbridge Wells, that should be a good game. Crowborough against Sheppard United, Irith and Belvedere against Deal Town, Irith Town against Chatham Town, Fisher meet K-Sports, it's Wellingtown against Lordswood. Uh, and then in the First Division, it's Brydon Ropes against Forest Hill. Holmesdale against Rochester United, Lewisham Borough against Greenways, Lidtown against FC Elmstead, Rostor against Meridian, Snodland Town against Kent Football United, Sutton Athletic against Sporting Club Thamesmead. Uh, Sunday there's an FA uh, Trophy game, see, FA Trophy, Kent Senior Trophy uh, between Greenwich Borough and Stansfeld. And Monday, K Sports meet Lawswood in the Premier Division. Tuesday, Chatham Town play Punjab United uh, on. Uh, in the Premier Division, and uh, we don't cover. Why this... are they doing this Why don't they play the cup games in midweek? Oh, I don't. Well, but this is something I want to discuss now. I, I wasn't going to discuss it on Saturday. AFC Croydon are in the Kent Senior Trophy against Punjab United, right? On yeah. Tuesday, they're playing in the London Senior Cup against Dulwich Hamlet. I'm afraid you've got to make your mind up. <laughs> you can only play in one of these two. You're either in the London Senior Cup or the Kent Senior Trophy. So, yeah, it's like Margate Broadstairs playing in the Fennec Cup as well. Yeah, yeah ridiculous. Well, no, playing in the, in the equivalent of playing in the French Cup and the Kent oh, yeah. Cup. It's absolutely... Well, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, why Come not? to Paris, Yeah, I should, I should mention as well, obviously, a minute ago, you said it was, it was Super Mitch's birthday yesterday, yeah? Yeah, Super, Super Mitch, yeah. Yeah, it's Neil Smith's birthday on Sunday, this Sunday coming. My yeah. birthday in September. Do you still want to say September rubbish month? People, all the people that, you, that mean the most to you in this world are all celebrating their birthdays in September. Yeah, well, that, that's true. That is true. Well, I suppose <laughs> if you not September's, yeah. Well, there's Super Mitch Walker. Yeah, I'm going to be seeing him soon because they will play all the shots. So uh, from that, Neil Smith. He's going to have. A, is he not fifty? Is he? He's he done his fifty. Forty-eight this year, Neil Smith. So you can well, apologise we'll to him. A bit like the sun, so you, every week in the Dudley. If you've got your birthday coming up, we'll mention it. Should we do that? A new, a new yeah, bit on this? Sure, yeah. If you if you want us to mention your birthday, let us know. Um, obviously, Matt Gerard is your birthday in July, and there was a listener whose birthday was in July as well. Roberto, wasn't it? Same day. Yeah, yeah. He's, same day. Same age. Same yeah. day as me. What a man he was. Yeah, what exactly. a man is. So uh, anyway, I told you that story. Apparently, if you get thirty people in a room, 
Yeah. At least two of them will always have the same birthday. Yeah, I told you that one. Oh, yeah, I think I have heard that one before, yeah. Great, yeah. Great, great story. Tell it again. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks to everyone for listening to this week's Kent Only podcast, which uh, has come out quite well, given that we did absolutely no preparation for it, apart from doing some interviews. Uh, there's There's been some editing, don't you worry about that. But, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, Monday night, a radio show we had. Uh, we did talk rugby, but we talked quite a bit about the uh, incidents up at Hartlepool. Uh, you can find that again, listen again on the BBC Sounds app. Uh, we are back on the air this Monday night, and we're going to be talking about football again, but also American football, which is another sport I have absolutely no time for so that's going to be interesting uh, but at least Alex Hode is coming into the studio to, to discuss it with us and he's a lovely man so looking forward uh, to that one as always follow us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast find us on Facebook at Kent Non-League uh, thank you to everyone for listening thank you to all of our interviewees for giving up their time uh, thank you of course to my inspiration uh, Mr Matt Gerrard uh, thanks to my mum for waiting at the shopping centre while I finished recording and um, <laughs> yeah thanks to everyone for listening and we shall speak to you all next week Hope your mum's got you got you a bag of needles for me to pick her up. Something nice for you. <laughs>